Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Origin Story, where we dive into the story of how your favorite YouTubers built their channels. I'm Mike, and that's JP, and tonight we're joined by Toyota Jeff. Hey, great to see you guys. I'm really excited to be part of Totally Tubular Podcast. This is going to be great. Yeah, we're excited to tell your origin story. And so, do you ever get bored of the standard car review? Well, Toyota Jeff is here to change that for you. Jeff Teague is the man behind the channel, Toyota Jeff, and he is breaking the mold of car reviews, mixing in his quirky personality and pop culture into his reviews. His 882 videos have been watched over 29 million times and built a community of over 75,000 subscribers. Tune in to learn about your favorite Toyota and stay on the channel for Jeff's fun personality. Make sure to follow his Instagram and TikTok for more hilarious and informative content and check out his merch in the links below. Thank you so much for being on the podcast tonight, Jeff. It actually really is exciting to be here. When I was approached for this idea, I thought, somebody wants to talk to me? And then I started following your previous episodes and I thought, this is great. You actually get to know the people. And that's kind of one of the things that I always did. It's, I guess, being a YouTuber, when I started, I certainly didn't know what the term YouTuber meant even, but the people on YouTube, it's almost like a mythical legend, like, oh, who was that person doing those pranks, you know, on a college campus? Or who was that person giving those those tips and that cooking advice? Like, they seem like a, an expert in the field. Like, who are they, you know? And, and you guys actually explore, dig deeper into different levels and layers of these people. And it's it's a really cool concept. I Thank appreciate you. the fact you're even doing this, and I can't believe you're even asking me. I mean, well, so after doing yeah. research, it's well warranted, and, and that kind of gets us started. So you say, you know, you are truly an expert. So how I found your channel was I have a forerunner, and we were just talking before we started. There's a lot of there's a lot of lure right now about the sixth generation of forerunner, when it's going to come out, what it's going to have, all the features. And so I found your channel through that. But then I looked and you have an unbelievable resume of Toyota reviews and you're also just a really interesting person. So once we started to dig into who you are, it it's still there's still lore, but there's a great story to be told. And that's the best part about doing this on the podcast is like every person has a different story. Every person has a different way they got there. And I'm excited to hear exactly how you how you started the channel. Love it. Sounds great. Let's go. All right, JP. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's a good way to it's a good way to walk hand in hand down memory lane. So, um, I think you know, as far as I mean, kind of getting started, um, I you know, obviously, it, it sounds like so you went to Western Michigan U- University, correct? Yeah, I did. I'm a fighting Bronco. Okay, perfect. Yeah, no, I'm very proud of the school. Actually, I I went there ironically enough because it was between Michigan State and Western and. My uh, my best friend, Brent, he chose Western for aircraft engineering at the time. I thought, well, I'll go check it out. And it's the most amazing campus in the entire world. It's about 30,000 students. And I just fell in love with the place. So it made total sense to spend four years there. It's uh, four of the greatest years. And, and hopefully a lot of people had that same college experience. But for me, I mean, I, I still have chats with my friends from college all the time. And it's just, it, it feels like it wasn't back in 1993 when we graduated. It's just, (laughs) these are your best friends for life. So for me, it was great. And I guess I got a degree also in business, so. Yeah, you did a marketing degree, right? Yeah, I did. I I started off in in high school. I thought I was gonna be an accountant. And I I, I realized 
probably two years into school because I declared being an accounting major and I thought, oh, gosh, I, I don't know if this is for me. I really like people. And for me, the I guess the stigma was accounting is just statistics. And I, I know you work with people and things like that in accounting and it's an incredibly honorable and, and frankly, a quite challenging profession. But for me, I liked marketing and positioning products and advertising yourself because everything about the business world really is selling yourself or the products you represent. Whether you think you're in sales, you're probably in sales. And in fact, even if you're yeah. not in marketing or business or have no business background at all, you're probably selling yourself and you, and you might not even know it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's a good way to look at it. The, you know, as we look at an organization, no matter what part of the organization you are, you are kind of a salesperson for that, for that company. So yeah, exactly. It all, it all, it all kind of shines through there. Um, and then another thing I wanted to touch on too, I mean, that, that's kind of a good background of, of where you went to school, right? Um, there is this other piece that we've kind of come across about just your love for pop culture. So we'll take kind of a step back and like, let's look at where this love for pop culture came from. Well, I, I think when I, I grew up and I, I came to my school system in high school back in seventh grade, and I, I really didn't know a lot of people. I came from an, uh, we, we certainly won't call it inner city school, but it was a city school. And it was just a totally different vibe from when my parents moved midway through seventh grade. And it was like culture shock for me because I went to if you can imagine Ren McCormick going to the country school, he's like, what is this? There's no dancing here. There's no, what do you guys do for fun? They're like, well, we pick cotton, we pick corn, we, <laughs> we fix our cars and like, what else do you do? And they're like, we bail hay. And like, so for me, I grew up growing asparagus, uh, picking asparagus, baling hay, things like that. But I spent a lot of time alone too. And, and for me, that was watching movies and TV shows. And it was back in the time when, happy days really did only come on once a week and if you missed it you could catch it after the original shows were over so i mean i was there for every episode of all the popular shows and and then i was excited when back to the future came out and you know all the big movies and things like that i, I wouldn't miss any of them and i grew up being an absolute addict of star wars anything star wars growing up i wouldn't miss it whether it was collecting that little action figures or just watching the movies or getting information about them. And then I listened to a lot of songs. Uh, it, it's sort of like a curse now because even when I'm filming my videos, I, I really go into it with an outline of what I'm gonna do. But whether Hall & Oates comes out and I start singing it while I'm talking <laughs> about the wheels and tires of a, we'll, we'll use yours as a Forerunner TRD Pro. Yeah. That could happen, it could go down. Like you don't know that. And then next thing I know it's, um, I'll be saying, this is great. We've got a new Sequoia Nightshade. I just did a video on that. I am so excited and I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. And that just comes out. It's, but, it, but again, it's, it's a curse because my mind is always flowing with those references and I, I truly don't know what's gonna happen, but every video probably has at least, probably two to five references somewhere in that range. And I don't know if it's gonna be songs or stupid, silly dancing, or I'm gonna be quoting Silence of the Lambs and talking about rubbing lotion on the skin while I'm <laughs> talking about the interior uh, leather seats in that Highlander. You don't know, and it makes no sense, but people seem to like it. Yeah, and I think that's the important part too, is like, I think it's because, you know, because you do have these pop culture references and things that are just kind of tucked away that are your other interests outside of, you know, cars and what you do for a living, is that it sneaks its way in and it brings a personality to videos. And I think that's what brings a little bit more entertainment and education to some of the videos that you do, you know? Um, so I, I think that's really important. Um, I appreciate that, yeah. Which, which, you know, 
and uh, I mean, the entertainment factor is there. It's great to be learning and enjoying while you're watching it, right? So if you're doing it, you're watching a car review, you're having a good time watching it. You're you're learning something new, and it's a it's a fun, you know, maybe quirky take on something, and it's it's a good time. Um, which kind of leads into a segue of where did this come about? So you you know you have you know this pop culture reference. We talked about how it kind of blends into some of the videos that you do. Um, you went to Western Michigan, um, and then from there. You go into the car industry. Tell Hold us on, about I wanna, that. I want to roll back one one question before we go into oh, yeah. the cars. So, so you, you talk about moving in seventh grade. And so you move from the or from the suburbs or farmland of Michigan to the city of uh, whereabouts in the cities. In well, Detroit? Actually, I, well, what I did was I, I was in uh, Jackson, Michigan is where I spent from like third grade. And really until, I mean, my parents still live there now. So... It, it's a it's a nice mid-sized city it's okay know, between like detroit and chicago along highway i-94 uh so whether you're in jackson there are many rural areas around there and i was in the city i was right in the middle of the city and so i i went to a really good elementary school had lots of friends and then they moved me to this city school which was something I was not used to. And for me, it was it was kind of a rough environment for me because there would be fights every day and I wasn't used to seeing that kind of a thing. And, and, and it was funny too, because all the way through elementary school, I would get A's, 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 A's in school. It just, that that's something I did. And then I went there for half a year to middle school and I got C's, 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 C's. And then I moved to the country school, uh, Jackson Northwest, uh, go Mounties. And all of a sudden it went back up to really good grades again. And it's just, I, I don't know what happened that half a year, but I'm so glad that I went to the school I did. It was, it was one of those things where I, I felt alone at first, uh, sometimes all the way through, really through high school, because I came in and this is a really close knit community. And the people who had been great friends with each other, they knew each other since kindergarten and maybe before that and they went to the same classes and they went to the same middle school and here i am i'm the new kid in seventh grade and so for me i had a really good group of friends out in pleasant lake michigan who kind of took me in and showed me how to ride tractors and stuff like that and um, bounce basketballs against the barn and play tennis against the barn that kind of stuff but they took me in i just i don't know why they they would never understand this but i always felt like an outsider and I, I just felt like I spent a lot of time kind of by myself. And is that is that when is that when this this relationship for like you know having to see happy happy days or any TV show that shows up on TV you you felt like the need to get that was that your escape from I guess that uh, six month stint in the city school that that built that original love for pop culture. Well, I hadn't really thought about it, but I guess that's one of those things. I just figured people, you know, they, they study religiously music and, and, you know, I had my tape cassettes and I would make my own mixtapes for myself and things like that, you know, and, and um, I would just study them over and over and over and over. And I don't know, they just got stuck in my head somehow. And all this, you know, it's one of those things where everybody's got, everybody thinks they're great at useless trivia and they're like, oh, I know this and this and this, and I, I know worthless trivia. And it, it just sticks in my head. And sometimes it's useful. Sometimes it's really annoying. Um, I, I try to rein it in when I'm around my family and stuff like that. So I don't annoy everybody, but it just comes out. I, I mean, music flows through my head at all times. It's, it's really weird. I'm sure, I'm sure that useless trivia comes and this I segue back to you, JPs is really, really, really helpful when selling cars because it's something that builds an 
unbelievable bond between you and a complete stranger who has just randomly walked through the door wanting to get a good deal on the Toyota. No, it's a, it's a great point because that's one of those things where the car industry, and rightfully so in a lot of cases, has developed a, a kind of a poor reputation for high pressure. And we all know that 1970s used car salesman, I mean, put on my plaid jacket. Hey, what would it take to get you in this car today? You'd look great in this car, you know? You'd look great in this, what I don't want that car. Hey, but let's talk about getting you into this car. Let's do it today. Can you sign today, today, today? Yeah. I'd rather take it home to my husband to talk about it or my wife to talk about it. No, 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 let's sign today. We can bring the paperwork to them later. You know, and, and you get that kind of pressure, like people don't care. There are a lot of really good organizations in car sales, but I mean, it didn't get that reputation for no reason at all. And it, it's probably one of those things where a few apples kind of ruin the whole bunch, you know, but, but for me, I always looked at it differently because it's a huge purchase that somebody's making. And, and you know, the, that's what they say. That's the second biggest purchase that you'll ever make in your life. And unless you buy like a big RV or something like that, but I mean, you're <laughs> home and then you buy cars for you and your family and your wife, and it's gotta be safe for your kids. And it's gotta be practical for your five kids and their friends and stuff like that. So why would you not celebrate that? And why would you not treat it as a fun experience? Like, let's have fun with this because we're going to probably spend about 20000 maybe $40,000. Why in the world would you be flippant with someone else's money and their time and what they've been researching? It's a really important decision. So I think people should have fun through the process. It shouldn't be like pulling teeth. And, and honestly, I genuinely care about people. And I, I would feel terrible if I guided them to make a bad decision unless they were sure that that was the decision they wanted to make. I mean, that's that's their choice. I have no right to force yeah. them or pressure them. And, and I think I'm, I'm just different. I'm genuine and sincere. And people seem to say, uh, say that in the comments that they leave for me, like, wow, I'd like to buy a car from this guy. I'd like to work with this guy. Ironically enough, I don't really do car sales anymore. I still work for the same organization, just I do their social media now. And we'll talk about that. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So um, <laughs> I cut JP off, so I'll let him get back to his question. Yeah, no, I, th I think that is a, a good point, though. Um, which is interesting. Did you have interest in cars? I mean, just out of, out of curiosity, did you have interest in cars when you were younger? No, not specifically, JP. I, I grew up around family members who loved to work on cars, and they were so good at that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a special skill if you know how to rebuild any part of a car. I don't know how to change my own oil. I don't know if that's going to ruin my street cred out there in the world. Not at but all. I don't. I'm glad that we've got Toyota technicians who can do that. So that's right. for me... I would rather have a car that drives really nice, that rides really nice than to know what the end, like I don't need to know the specs of that engine under there. I don't need to know the transmission. I need to know it's not gonna hesitate when I need pickup going up a highway or pulling out into traffic and I need to know it's gonna be safe. It's gotta be a cool color. Which probably 90% of the people coming into the dealership are, are in the same sentiment, right? They, you, if the guy, if a guy or gal comes in and they're like, I want this car because, you know, pull the TRD Corolla, right? They're not looking yeah. for the standard Corolla. They're coming in because it has different modes, different speeds. It's tuned differently. It's got a body kit. They know all the details going into that. So you don't need to sell them on the car. You just need to figure out if you can get that car in stock. Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. It's, um, it's one of those things where, like, as salespeople, I think we want to spit out information as fast as possible to the customer because for some reason it's important in car sales to – just read off bullet points of everything you know about that car. The real truth is customers really, if you do a walk around presentation of a vehicle, customers only care about 25% of what you're saying. The question is, are you telling them all of that information and they pick out one fourth? 
or have you asked them questions like, well, what's important to you? And she's like, well, I just want a car that's safe. I wasn't in a really safe vehicle before. Okay, well, this one has this uh, safety features. This one has this. This one has this for your children, and it's really easy to use. I think you can have some peace of mind that this really is a good car, and I would, you know, it'd be something that I would give to my child or to my aunt, that kind of thing. And guess what? I didn't tell them about the horsepower in the car and the torque, the low end torque. She didn't care about that because she she already told me that. Yeah. And so she probably, I, I would assume, would appreciate that. Like, oh, they didn't blah, 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 blah. Look how much I know. She, you know, she or he, whoever the salesperson is, they really cared. And I, I think that means a big deal as far as repeat customers and referral business. So I hope <laughs> anybody who's in car sales or any type of sales listens to that advice because it's really good. I, I don't I don't disagree at all. And so you graduate from Western Michigan University. What was what was the plan after graduation with a marketing a BA in marketing, right? Where where were you were you set on becoming, you know, a fifteen plus year car salesman or were you did you try other no. industries before that? No, I, I actually I I took a job my senior year in college as a marketing associate, which is a fancy term for cold call salesperson. So I would beat the streets of Kalamazoo <laughs> telling people why they should buy this, uh, why they should buy business cards from me and they should let me design their brochure. So I was a salesperson and a manager for a small, small printing company. And um, I guess I did that for about three or four years. And then I went into something that I enjoyed much more. I did orthopedic sales. And then I did, um, gosh, almost, uh, I'll, I'll, gosh, was it six, seven, about seven years, I think, of pharmaceutical sales. Wow. So for me, wow. that was more professional type sales. And I, I enjoy working with doctors and, and nurses and techs and things like that and pharmacists. It was, it's fascinating. It, it's, it's a tough job, but it's also a rock star job. It's, it's really fun if you're good at it, but it's really tough. It's, I mean, that's. That is like the ideal ladder for sales right there. You're, you're going from like learning to cold call to I'm sure from in the medical sales. It's a very niche market. So you're not knocking on random doors. You're knocking on specific doors to the product that you're selling. And then pharmace- pharmaceutical sales is a little bit broader, but you probably had a base of understanding the medical lingo and terms and everything. That's That's pretty interesting. So how did you determine to make each one of those changes? Cold calling is probably one of the hardest things to do. And I mean, JP and I both were both in sales and, you know, the first, the first job I got was uh, in sales was like, okay, here's your territory. Here's the goal. Good luck. Yeah. Here's, here's your contact list. Go to it, boys. Yeah, uh, I, didn't get a con- I didn't get a contact Pick up the phone. list. Yeah. <laughs> he said, use the name yeah, of the company uh, you work for. It'll get you in the door. Yeah. Well, for, for me in, in sales, I had always heard, again, we talk about mythical stories about when you're an orthopedic salesperson or you're a pharmaceutical salesperson. And I, I just, I, I really, I don't even know how that job, it, it was probably an ad that I saw and I, and I ended up oh. getting that job. And, and for me, it was really interesting because I still, to this day, I probably on saw bones, you know, fake bones, I could probably do somebody's ACL repair. I could definitely do a rotator cuff. I could I could repair somebody's. I know the difference between uh, if I have to cut a little bit more of your meniscus, uh, or I can just suture it back. So I could do that on sawbones. I'm just waiting for like a real patient because I could give them a heck of a break on the price. I think I could still do that repair. <laughs> I just don't know anybody who would do that. And 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 as far as pharmaceutical sales, again, that was like one step up from there. And 
uh, I'll never forget, I, I started with um, Glaxo Welcome, which is GlaxoSmithKline and respiratory. So if anybody has allergies or asthma, I would have been somebody who would be telling the doctors why my product was better than my competitor's product. And I still have that in my head. As much as I, I trained and I, I worked really hard and studied really hard, who am I to tell a doctor who had all those years of education, hey, look at this brochure. This one tells you that based on this right here, a 12 hour onset of action, you really should choose mine. Uh, so there was always that thing like, well, right, do I really have to tell him or her that, that I know, you know, but I mean, they do, they have so much information. So, I mean, they do rely on that. So it, it's a very valuable job. But the, the person who interviewed me for my second interview, he told me years later, he said, I will never forget you. You had the absolute best second interview I've ever had in my 10 years of interviewing people. I was like, he said, and, and all they did was they said, what did you do to prepare for this job? I said, I learned the respiratory system. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, let me sketch it out. And I literally diagrammed every part of the respiratory system. And apparently that was enough to get the job. So, I mean, that's, I, I didn't know that was going above and beyond, but they had never seen anything like that. It's just, that's kind of how my mind works. If I, I, I mean, mean, if you're applying for a job, why would you not give it your all? Yeah. Put in the work. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Cause like, just based on the 20 minutes we've been talking on the I don't know how many minutes it is on the podcast it'll be um, 19 minutes or something I would have never ever ever pegged you for being someone confident to do a rotator sh a shoulder surgery like you I, I, I'm definitely confident in the in the fact that you know everything about the Toyotas that you're selling and you're putting in front of us on YouTube but like it's pretty cool to think like there's this whole backstory of the fact that you know the respiratory system and you're confident in in medical sales it's pretty cool to see the background on that i appreciate that yeah the 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 one i mean there are a lot of different things that you hear but uh the one thing i went to a lab where i was showing people why my absorbable um interference screw which helps repair acl tears is great for them and and all the doctors were practicing on cadavers so i mean I walked into this room and I did not know what I was about to see. I saw a room full of probably somewhere about 32 <laughs> knees that looked like they were in somebody's workbench and vices. They were locked in there. And I'm like, and you would see some, I mean, it's, it's kind of kind of morbid, but you would see tattoos on these knees and things like that, or these shoulders. And one of the doctors said, okay, show me how to do this. He goes, all right, well, hold this knee while I get my tools ready. I'm like, this is the moment of truth, Jeff. Are you going to hold that cadaver knee? I'm like, so I locked in and I'm holding this dead knee and it was just, it was just, a, maybe it was a life defining moment. I don't know, but I'll never forget that. Like, Oh, what have I done? You know, it was just so crazy. I, I did not know he was going to say that. And I couldn't say I'd rather not. I, I don't really do this, but it's, like, it's so cavalier to a surgeon to be like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to cut this open. It's like it, they do this every day and they're like, you know, chatting with everyone in the room as they're like open heart, like the chest is open. When I watch like I don't know Doctor Pimple Popper on TV, I, I look away. I'm not into that. So I, I, more power yeah, to you, man. I, I know. I walk in the room and my wife would be watching Pimple Popper. I'm like, stop it, stop it. She goes, <laughs> and then she'll start laughing, and I know it's like a great part. Like, oh, I'm like I don't want to see that, you yeah. know. So I still can't believe I was in cases, and it was it was bizarre. It was bizarre, but I love that time, and somehow I ended up doing cars. Yeah, <laughs> memorable experience. Yeah, yeah, overall. Without a doubt, man. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the interesting piece. It's like you, you've done all these things, you know, different ways, and it could have led you much different directions, right? Um, just based off of what you've just told us. So what sure. led you into the car industry? 
Well, I had moved to North Carolina and I, um, I moved with family and I did not have a job when I came down to North Carolina and uh, my neighbor said, hey, I've got some uh, cash business for you, this, uh, this auto dealership, uh, Fred Anderson Toyota, they're moving into this giant, it was almost like the car equivalent of the Taj Mahal. If anybody's ever seen Fred Anderson Toyota, like you Google pictures of it, it's the most beautiful car dealership you've ever seen in your entire life. It's huge. It's like a palace. It really is. And it's not me just talking it up because I still work there. It's just it, like it, it blows people away when they go to see that. They're like, this is gorgeous, you know, especially if you come from you've worked with a smaller dealership or anything like that. I mean, we all know what car dealerships look look like. But uh, but Mr. Anderson, he he wanted to have the best and he felt his his customers deserved that. But they needed help hanging artwork in this dealership. Hmm. So I hung all the art and it was really heavy. It's really heavy. So I can probably tell you by feel what each one of the beautiful pieces of artwork, how heavy they are, you know, uh, just <laughs> by looking at them still. And it's been 15 years. They, they had just moved into that building. And I thought, well, gosh, maybe I'll just work here until my next pharmaceutical job. And um, it ended up um, being, I guess, 15 years later, I'm still there. I, I didn't realize I would like it as much as I did. And it's for me, it's, I don't want to say easy cause it's not, but I like helping people. And I think it's a really important job that people have when they help people decide on what kind of vehicles, if you've ever worked with somebody, uh, this goes to everybody out there. If you've ever worked with somebody who you just say, I didn't really care for that salesperson or I didn't like the sales manager, but I bought it anyway, or, or we, we chose not to do business maybe because of the salesperson. Mm -hmm. I, I hope everybody learns from this and, and they try not to be that way. Just be yourself. Um, because it's, it can be a really rewarding position and career, but I like it and I didn't have to travel 30,000 miles a year. So for me, I, I would come home and my kids would say, okay, do you want to do so-and-so? This is in a pharmaceutical. And I was like, I'm really tired. And I didn't want to be that, you know, you don't want to be that dad. Just, yeah. uh, I'm just really tired. You know, like they're excited to see you and they want to do an activity with you. They want to go somewhere. Um, so I'm, I'm thrilled that I did not have to travel anymore. And I, it's, it's shocking that it's been 15 years, but it's because it's a really good company. There was no need to go anywhere else. And again, in the car business, you might buy a car from somebody and they're not there a year later when you go to buy your next right. vehicle. Or maybe you tell your coworker, hey, go in and talk to Jeff. He's really nice. Oh, Jeff's not here. He's already gone to three different car dealerships since then. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, that's kind of why I started my channel. And I, I'll, I'll just leave it right there and just say that I did learn in training that 81% of all customers who buy a car will never remember the name of their salesperson a year later. So if I was going to be there wow. a while, why in the world would I not try to capture their attention? Maybe with a video. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. What was the first car you sold? Uh, the first one I sold was a Prius. And what was interesting about... Must have been the, the first kind of Priuses. 15 years yeah, ago, it was, that was it pretty was, new. Uh, it would have been 2004, and they came out right about, I think, 2000 or 2001, maybe 99. But point being, they they trained me and everything like that, and I had really good training from my dealership, and I was ready to roll, and I got in the car, and I had never seen a push-button start in my whole life. <laughs> and then the shifter was different than a traditional shifter because the prius is just like a spaceship kind of and i didn't know how to turn on the car so i mean imagine <laughs> that being the very first time you step in with a couple and they bought that car but i had to ask somebody how to turn it on imagine their confidence in their salesperson when he's like uh can you come over here 
like, uh, do you need to know about the horsepower, the torque? No, how do you turn it on? You know, something like that. It was, it was, I'm sure it was humiliating. You know, I, I don't really remember the mortification I was feeling right now, but I'm sure it was horrible. I, I was I was humiliated. I was humbled. and uh, But I've never had that problem again. And that was the first car I sold, though, the first test drive I did. That's awesome. That's I mean, awesome. Pretty Whatever. cool the first time. So you you have a pretty storied career. I don't necessarily and, – and one of the good things about Toyota, I don't know if, don't know if they've always been this way i've had two toyotas now um maybe three uh but you know they're all about even when you get service they're all about five star review they're always wanting to make sure you have the best experience um so you have been a nine time pros recipient what is that that is that is a true statement i like your research thank you well there are about in the southeast toyota region every every toyota set of states is a region and I think there are either 12 or 13 regions in the United States. Uh, we have the Southeast region. That's the highest volume region out of any Toyota region. So, I mean, there's a lot of performance expectations on dealerships that they got to sell a lot of cars. Well, they have a, they have a criteria where if you're one of the top 600 out of those 20,000 salespeople, then you win Toyota pros Awards. So that means you're, you're sort of the best of the best. And then, 300 of those or 350 somewhere in that range get to go to a nice banquet in um, usually in Florida and things like that. So it's a celebration. It's a, a definitely a reward for all the hard work you've done. And the, they're, they're very grateful for all the work that the salespeople do. So, I mean, Toyota, they really roll out the red carpet treatment in a lot of ways, uh, both with their cars because they're reliable and they're dependable, but they treat individual salespeople and dealerships, right. And they, they just want you to perform to the best of your abilities and, you'll you'll be highly rewarded and, and i've i've won several really really incredible trips that i never thought i would go on thanks to uh to toyota i've been to hawaii and bahamas been to san antonio uh truck plant i've been to the georgetown kentucky camry plant cool yeah that's, that's awesome kind of cool yeah from from winning from making videos that's how i win those trips and and we'll talk there's one other one that you did win which is really cool as well we'll talk about that in a second so you also a two-time stars toyota winner is that like the next level above that that is that was only uh that was only 15 people in the whole entire region Whoa. Would get to go and it was actually what was funny about that one is i i got an email saying congratulations you and your buddy at the same dealership so two out of the 15 of us from our region got to go to hawaii for a week uh oh. for a business business trip yeah it was it was fantastic but the cool part about it was i had just started dating my wife at the time and i was like I don't know how to tell you this, but do you want to go to Hawaii with me? I mean, can you imagine that? Like most of the time, like, hey, babe, you want to watch Netflix or what do you want to do? Is it an Arby's night? You know, and uh, it's like, you want to go to Hawaii? And I guess she was in a store and she goes, hold on a minute. So I guess she left the store and she's like, what are you talking about, fool? You know, it was kind of funny. Uh, so, yeah, we got, like, got a trip. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. And then um, and then the next year I got to go to Atlantis Resort in Bahamas for a week. So I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. Was, that's awesome it's great to hear how they take care of their employees too you know it, like you mentioned some of it's high turnover and um they have a hard time maybe keeping some employees around so it's awesome to see that toyota puts you know that work in for for some of you folks that go above and beyond to make the experience you know a five-star rating like your dealership has yeah no absolutely and toyota does have high expectations they have surveys and they really want to know what customers think and and you know it's got to be they have high expectations they they have a, a saying called truly exceptional yep and they they want they would like to have if it's possible truly exceptional survey scores can you imagine if the movie that you saw they're like 
was that movie truly exceptional? Was it the, that means in my <laughs> mind, that was the best movie yeah. I've freaking seen all year long, or that was the best steak dinner I've ever had in my whole life. I can't even imagine another one after that. Was this car experience truly exceptional? I mean, those are high marks, you know? So Yeah, considering like IMDb ra- Rotten Tomatoes ratings, like a good mo- a good movie that you're going to enjoy is like a 6.5. So it's like right. a 65%. That's yeah. not at all truly exceptional. But you're like, that was a good movie. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was good. Yeah. And a lot I think of times it- they were, I'm sure people would say, yeah, it was a good car buying experience. It was great, as a matter of fact. So they, you know, four out of five stars, you know, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Oh, be, that would be excellent in, in a movie rating, you know, like the, the, the movie studios would be thrilled with marks like that. But for us, it would be like, oh, that's a fail. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, what's I, I feel like experience is is one of the biggest pieces, too. I mean, if you're going to go in and you're going to make a sizable investment, a long term investment on something, it's like you want to be taken care of. And if you are, you're much more likely to be a repeat customer and go back to that same place and same person. So. Yeah. Um, super important. And you have yeah, no, you have yeah. yourself. You have a five star rating on dealerrater.com. Oh, um, you are good, Mike. Yes. Yeah. So so I mean, we've talked about this a little earlier. We just bought a car, so I went out and looked at my salesman, who we did not like. And we had a terrible experience with, and I would highly not go back to that dealership because of that. But mm-hmm. you know, I went on there and I was looking at yours, and that's pretty rare to find someone on a public website to have a five star review. Well, that's I, I appreciate you saying that, and it's it's, I guess it's kind of funny, but I mean, if you, not only look at the the the, rating itself, but I mean the comments that people leave there, they can they can tell you everything you need to know about your car dealership or your salesperson, and I think people forget that a lot of times is when you're researching what car dealership, there might be two or three dealerships within thirty miles that you could go to. So how do you choose? Yeah. Well, not only can you choose your car dealership, you can choose your salesperson, just like you were describing, Mike why can't you go to your dealership's dealer rater and just look at what people like you and me have been writing, you know, like maybe this woman wrote, he was so kind and caring and, or maybe somebody else said, I've never had a faster car buying experience. You know, this person cared what I was looking for. He found the exact vehicle and, or he told me right up front that he couldn't find it, but he could do this. And, you know, I mean, that's all you need to know. Same thing with, um, I, I don't look at movie critics ratings, but I look at audience, uh, you know, because they're the ones that watch it like us. Same thing with car dealerships. You, there's no reason why you can't interview ahead of time the car person that you're going to work with. I mean, and then you'll ask for that person like, wow, they were really nice. You know, they'd seem like 100%. they'd be my, my drinking buddy in my neighborhood. Or they seem like they would be like my nice grandpa or something like that. And uh, this seems she seems like she'd be a, a really nice motherly caring figure. I would love to work with her. And so, for you, it's yeah. it, it makes total sense because they could do it two ways. They could go on here or they could go to your 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 YouTube channel. But I just want to say one thing about dealerrating.com, right? Dealer yeah. dealerrater.com. You have 109 reviews. 3 of those re- reviews are negative. And by negative, there you only have 3 star reviews. So I guess not well, that, that bad. Was, that, that was from my sister, my wife, and my mom. So I'll talk to them later. Well, two but, two uh, of the reviews, yeah. two of the okay. reviews say Jeff was awesome. However, so so no, they're not even about you. I don't think they understand uh, the purpose of what's going on behind this. One no, of them was like finance really nice from Jim. Yeah. So like it's not even bad. It, it it's pretty ridiculous. You know, 109 reviews is 
we're not talking about like you know people got five reviews on dealerrader.com you have a significant number of that you don't even see that like five stars you don't even i don't even know a restaurant any place on google reviews that has five star reviews so that's pretty awesome to in, see. A, in a world in a world of ratings most yeah. people only go to rate when they have a bad experience so exactly to make a positive experience where someone's going on and they're rating you five stars online and taking their effort out to go do that is pretty phenomenal i appreciate that yeah our dealership they they kind of have a sort of like a sports team. You want to know that they have a winning culture and they yeah. care about each other. This this dealership, if you look at the ratings, not just for me, but for a lot of my colleagues, they're all amazing. And and there are a lot of names in there of, of my friends. I'm not trying to uh, draw attention away from myself because I appreciate what you're saying. But if you look at the dealership overall, that kind of starts from the top. And, and they really do. They, they like to work with the people who are positive and they're not negative and they're not pushy that they really genuinely care. And we have salespeople who have been there for, it's a very veteran sales force. Let's put it that way. You know, five, 10, 15 years, there yeah. are a lot of them. So it's not just me, but but you're right. It's, um, it's very hard to do that when, if I get all those ratings and then my colleagues get all of those high ratings, where are all the people that give the negative ratings? And um, there's not many because you guys have four thousand two hundred and two five star reviews on dealerradar.com. You have a four point seven rating, and you not. I, I would have guessed on most dealerships, there's like maybe one person who has a five star review on a website. Uh, Jeff, I'm I'm sorry to say you didn't even make the first five on the site. You are. Oh, sorry, you didn't make the first four. You're seventh out of holy crap there is uh, I'm saying now? 11 11 team members at your at your uh, dealership who have five star reviews that's right. awesome so if there is anybody in the north carolina area looking for our cars this might be a good place to shop as fred anderson toyota so i would I'm say you said that. i would so. say it's a good one yeah. yeah so um let's roll a little bit towards let's roll into youtube now and why the channel started but before we do that i wanted to let you know i don't know if you know this did you know that there's a Teague Toyota in El Dorado, Arkansas? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. figured you would, but I didn't know, you know. I no relation, right? Toyota Jeff and not Teague Toyota, because that would have... Uh, no, I, I, that's not why I picked Toyota Jeff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody Teague out there who said, I will buy a car dealership. It's going to become Teague Toyota. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. There aren't too many Teagues out there, really. No, it's, uh, it's the first time I've seen that name. So there's a, there's a very famous basketball player, which is there, why I don't show up at the, his name's Jeff Teague and he plays in the NBA. There is. That's, that's why I'll never show up on the top of Google unless you put in Jeff Teague Toyota or Toyota Jeff Teague. Or YouTube, Jeff Teague YouTube. So I typed in Jeff Teague and I was like, oh, this, I've never seen this name, last name before, thinking it was going to be super easy. But no, there is pages of him and all of the Google images are that until you put YouTuber Toyota. Yeah, and, and, and in school I used to be a, a, a killer jump shot guy, but I'm nowhere close to the NBA <laughs> player, so people always trump me as far as Google. And you know how on YouTube, how important that is to get to the top of Google. I will never be there, so I've got to go in creative ways to, to get to the top. And then, yeah. I've done that just in different ways. Yeah, you got to get yeah. the SEO. And I'm sure that yeah. the, the content that you put in, you know, using pop culture might even help reference that as well. So you started, you started your YouTube channel September 25th, 2013. What was the decision behind starting a YouTube channel? Well, I, I thought at that time, and that was 2013, so I had been at the dealership for 
quite a long time from 2000 and technically 2005 until 2013. So let's call that seven years, years, eight years. Yeah. Yeah, Right in that range. And then I was realizing, well, I'm going to be here a long time. So why would I not want people to come and ask for me? Well, again, if eight out of every 10 people out in the world cannot remember the name and I don't blame them because how many other passwords are we having to memorize and names of so-and-so and so-and-so. So So how are we going to remember our car guy? I, so I thought, well, why don't I make silly, funny parodies that kind of blends really nicely with my really quirky offbeat kind of dorky sense of humor. And that way I get to be a little bit creative. So I thought, well, I'm just going to do parody videos. I'll do funny and I'll do knockoffs. I I think one of the first ones I did was a, a bachelor parody and then i did one of uh, chariots of fire and just really zany things because i wanted people to go oh yeah if i don't remember his name it's the guy that does the videos and they'll be like oh you want to work with jeff so that was my line of thinking at the time yeah so okay it's the the other videos at the beginning of your uh channel make sense from a from a dealer standpoint if you sort by oldest yeah sort by oldest exactly they make sense because, like, I get the sentiment of wanting to be memorable, and it makes sense of just like it is pages of people saying, "I loved working with Jeff at Fred Anderson." Right? It it's that consistently. But the first one is a Bachelor parody, which is awesome. It was really funny. Dude, but, you gotta go for the gusto, man. I mean, why not go with this? Will be the most dramatic episode yet. Yeah. You know? So I mean, it was like the Corolla versus like the uh, the Avalon Prius, Prius, Prius. Prius yeah. yeah. So where, where did you come up with the idea there? Um, for the first Larry, video, right? My friend Larry Pickett and I, um, he, he's a, a production guy. He works at the dealership too. And he's, he's just so smart and so creative. And I said, can you help me come up with an idea uh, together with my friend Jenny, who was our, uh, uh, she was the bachelorette at the time. We just thought, well, let's do a funny twist based on cars. And it has really high video production, probably higher production quality than a lot of the videos I do now because Larry helped me edit that. And um, so it, it was a story of a woman looking for love and she finds it on the car lot. And it, <laughs> it, 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 as the cars are driving to the finale, you know, they're, they're pulling in and it says, I never thought I would be in this moment, but I found love and I'm ready for Jenny to pick me, you know? And they're, they're pulling in, they're pulling in and she has those dramatic pauses. And I'm like, and it's me, I'm, I'm the Chris Harrison character. I'm like, Jenny, this is an important decision. You know, are, are you ready for this? And she's like, I've made my decision. And it turns out that she was trying to decide between two cars. And she goes, Corolla, will you accept these keys? And the, and the, at the time the Corolla was honk, honk, Yeah. you know, so <laughs> instead of bachelors, it was the cars. And so we just, we tried to do funny twists on that. I, I, one of the first videos I did also was called, um, um, Toyota big bucks, Toyota trivia. And it was me against the cardboard cutout of our owner. And we were answering trivia questions about Toyota, like what, to, what word has all five vowels in it? And you'd be like, what is Sequoia? You know, not many people know that that's one of the few words that has all five vowels in it. Um, but then the cardboard cutout wouldn't answer any questions because, well, frankly, he's a cardboard cutout. <laughs> and so it's just weird, weird, stupid videos like that. That's, that's what I would like to be making. And it still is to this day, but that's not where the views and the following comes from. They can take me in little doses, but not. I'm I'm not a comedy guy, so I mean they can't take. The the world is not ready for this kind of weird humor, a hundred percent of the time. I I get to put my little quirks in once in a while, but that's how it started, 
uh, with the parodies and the, the recommendations and testimonials. And then it evolved. Yeah, so it evolves. It starts with parodies and customer reviews, but like, you know, looking from the back to the new, you were posting videos with lower views than what you get today. And what was the what was the draw to continue to post and to, to, to continue to just post videos on there to come up with these creative ideas and post them out there? What was that draw to do it? Was there was it because you wanted to become a YouTuber? Was it because you just liked making videos? Well, um, good question. And I, I guess the answer to that is it, it, it's sort of simple and that I, I was having results like people would come in, repeat customers would come in and say, hey, I worked with you. Are you still doing those videos? So I watch your videos. I watch this and I watch this. So it was even though it was a small volume. So if somebody were to look at my performance for the first four, maybe five years, even of my YouTube channel, they would say, why are you still doing this? And maybe the lesson here is maybe you should keep doing it because it, if, if you love it and you're passionate, just keep doing it. Maybe something will happen, you know? Yeah. But, but for me, it was getting results with business, not with views. And so I know a lot of my friends and coworkers and family, like, I'm sure they were thinking, why are you still doing that? Some of my coworkers said, we'd always used to laugh at you. Like, why are you still doing those videos out there? He'd be out there filming. They're like, oh, Jeff still has his channel, you know? And more and more people would ask and then i i think i did a this is the part that's so frustrating about youtube is i did a, a video that was probably less than a minute long and it was because people asked me a question and this is how i get ideas for my future videos is they said how do you change on a prius c the little compact prius how do you change from miles per hour to kilometers i'm stuck in kilometers per hour i don't know how to get back so i looked at the owner's manual they didn't know i looked at all the Google searches I could find, Toyota's website, nobody had the answer. So once I figured it out, I did a video on that. And that blessed video got, I, I'm sure it has well over 100,000 views now. Yeah. And, and you know, it was like, I did all those other videos, you know, this little less than a minute clip that probably took me, you know, 20 minutes to make, maybe, maybe less than that, and that includes editing had such success and then i start doing a little bit more like oh maybe i can do one on cruise control maybe i can do a little hey this is about the corolla this is about the forerunner hey look a new color for the camry that kind of stuff and and so it just started like oh maybe people will watch me if i do this and then it started to get in like wow my views are kind of creeping up here oh wait a minute i'm close to being monetized what's monetized you know and so it's yeah it's, well I like that too, because the way, you know, as technology progresses, like you talked about the first time you sold the Prius, you didn't know how to turn the thing on, um, you know, and it's like now we have all this technology, there's all these different cameras and, and different, you know, features that, that come with these cars. And it's like, why not be able to throw these into videos? And if that's a one minute video that starts to get some traction and brings people towards your channel um, and they start to get to see some of the other stuff they have, that's where you start to get the subscribers. So um, it's, it's great to see that you put in all the work up front and then now you have this big following behind, but um, it's awesome to see that you just, you kept going forward and kept trying to just do different things. And you have yeah. that library, like what JP's saying, right? You might, you might come in because you want to change your, uh, your cars from kilometers an hour, which I don't understand why that would be in kilometers an hour in the United States to miles per hour. Canadian. Yeah. Canadian, I guess. Okay. North American you, go. market. You, you got me. Um, it's, the metric system. <laughs> it's always the metric system. Yeah. But then, but then yep. they show up and they're like, they come to the channel, they understand exactly what the change is. And then the recommended video at the end is 
here's all the 2018, 2019 Camrys and the trim levels. And they're like, man, my car's a little old. Maybe I want to get a new one. Which one do I want? They watch that video. Then they fall in love with you because it's, it, it, it's not the average car review. And it's not just talking about the miles per hour and the horsepower and the torque, which you do cover. But it's like, hey, when I lift up the, the hood, there's these hydraulic struts. And I love these because look how easy it is. You don't have to use any, like all the little things that you throw into the video are what change them and bring them in. And so now we talked about this in the pre-call. They're not there because of the features. They're there because of the quirky things that you bring in, like singing Hall and Oates in the middle of, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, no, a review. That's true. My, uh, my, my friend and sales manager at the dealership, uh, Ken Cobb, he, he would tell us over and over and over and with such good reason. And this is a, a lesson for anybody in sales is he would say feature function benefit, feature function benefit. And you're like, well, what is that? In my mind, I would change it to saying, whatever you tell a customer, imagine their response is, so what? And what I mean by that is you say, hey, this one has radar cruise control. And just imagine the customer goes, so what? Because you're already on to the next thing. It's got radar cruise control. It's got uh, lane departure alert. It's got automatic high beams. And they're like, so, so, so? Well, it's got automatic high beams because imagine you're driving on a country road or your subdivision at night. If somebody's coming, it'll go to low beam so you don't blind them. And then as soon as they pass you, it goes to high beam. So you have full capacity. You can see to the sides, you can see up above, you can see deer along the side. Imagine the benefits to you and your family. It's safety, it's peace of mind. Um, so if you do a, a benefit, so that's what I always try to do is I say, it's got these wheels. Well, the nice thing is they're four pounds lighter than previous forerunner year, which means they have better performance. They ride smoother, there's less resistance. That might help with fuel economy. It could help with power. It could help with a lot of different things, acceleration. But if customers don't know the benefit to it, why would they care? So, I mean, that's a lesson for anybody. You, you're excited to tell somebody, hey, it's got this. They're like, so? I mean, I mean, you know how that goes. It's like the teacher in Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 yeah. wah. Well, hold on, teacher. It's got this because it can guide you and keep you a safe distance between you and the car in front of you. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. And and it's probably true that the salesperson on the other side of town had said that it's got this feature, but they didn't really tell them why that was important and why it would help their family. So I always try to put a benefit as much as I can in my videos because I, I don't think people get that in their car reviews. A yeah, lot so you, you started, just to pull that thread there, you started with features and benefits and that that's the draw to the channel. But now you've kind of expanded that to you know more in-depth reviews and and so you, you took all the features that people were asking about when they were buying the cars. You wrote them down or something. I don't know what you did. Um, and then you made the videos. How do you now determine what's going to be the videos that you come out with? And when you do determine the video, like if it's going to be all 2019 or the new Corolla or whatever it is, how do you put in your personality? Or does that is, it, is there a little bit of like, I'm going to throw some Star Wars in here. I'm going to throw some Back to the Future. Or is that just natural? Um, yeah, some, sometimes the car itself lends itself to what we're talking about. Like a Prius, for example, if I'm talking about the benefits of the new 21 Prius, it just happens to, ironically enough, have 121 net hybrid horsepower, which is exactly the same number that Doc Brown tells Marty McFly, 1.21 gigawatts. So, I mean, why would I not say it's got 121, 1.21, you know, and, uh, it's just kind of funny like that. We did a parody video of... Uh, where we were, it won me a trip actually, where uh, my friend Brian, he played Doc Brown and he would say, 
Marty Quick, get in the DeLorean, or Jeff Quick, get in the DeLorean. I said, that's not a DeLorean, Doc. It's a Prius. He's like, great, Scott, you know, because the Prius looks so cool. It looks like one of those DeLoreans. Uh, so there's, there's always a way to be able to work my pop culture into it. And I, I think it keeps people hanging on because YouTube really wants to keep people on your channel and they reward you with monetization. They reward you with pushing higher up on that mysterious Wizard of Oz algorithm. I mean, and we're always trying to figure out how to do that. Well, if you keep people on your channel a long enough time, and sometimes it's with the jokes that I do, sometimes they're, they're really, really dumb dad jokes, but that'll be what I see in the comment section. I did this 20 minute video, you know, on the, on the Toyota Tundra and all these new features and people are like, oh my gosh, when you did that uh, Pointer Sisters, why did you start dancing to the sprinkler? That cracked me up, you know, it's just the, like, oh, you got that out of the video, cool, you know, but what'd you think of the Tundra? But, but it turns out that people, after they bought their cars, they still watch my channel. And I mean, I can't tell you how rewarding that is because they might not even be in the market for what you're offering now, but they still watch you. It's, it, it makes you feel really good. Like I'm, I, I wish I was, I mean, everybody wishes they had more subscribers and it was growing faster, but I'm really blessed and really grateful. It's, it's taken off I'm, with my niche market. It's taken off more than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. So. And it's awesome because not only, I mean, did you kind of start at this dealership kind of going into this thing? I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but now you are, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're doing now and the videos you're making. Cause you get to do it now only is it something that you love, but you're working at the dealership you love, but you're also going to provide content for that dealership. Yeah, that's exactly right. There was a, uh, a time a year and a half ago. And, and I realized that as much as I, I had put in 14 years at the dealership doing sales. And I, I realized that my channel was at a level where I, I mean, it, it just truth be told, it could probably sustain itself as far as income. And, and I was, I was very grateful for that, but I love my dealership, you know, and I want to keep helping them grow and, and gain new customers and things like that. So I, I uh, worked it out with my general manager. I said, you know, I think I have a proposition for you. It's kind of outside the box. It's kind of creative, but I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm known for is taking chances. And I said, I think I can help you, but in a different way. And I'd like to I'd like to do a different type of a job. If you think you can find one for me, I'd like to, uh, I said, I would do support. I said, but I think I can help you grow your following. And at the time, I mean, social media and like for YouTube, it just wasn't a focus for them. They had had their channel, I think for maybe eight years. And I, I might be wrong on that, but I think it was eight years. And I just remember this number, they had 464 subscribers and just in a year, I guess it was since last August. So um, about a year and a half, we're up to 10,000 now. So, you know, when the focus gets put on certain things and, and we've grown our Facebook following from, I think 5,500 to 11,000. Wow. So wow. I, I, I feel pretty good about what I do. And I, I, that's why I like, I have friends and family and I like helping them grow their channels or start their channels because everybody has a dream and maybe you want to do cooking or maybe you want to do a political show, or maybe you want to do a children's uh, focus where you read to them sort of like Mrs. Doubtfire. I've got a friend who wants to do something <laughs> similar to that. I, I kind of know. I, I love I mean, the I, reference. I you're, you're referencing great. Like you even throw in like, like Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire. I love that. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no. Oh, hello, dearie. You know, I mean, <laughs> why can't, why can't I say that? You know? Yeah. So what if I just talked about a steering wheel and I'm asking if they want cocoa, you know, I mean, why can't I do that? Nothing says yeah. I can't. But, but the point is I, I like helping people and I, I have done a really good job with, uh, with the dealerships following and I'm glad they, they have confidence and 
they, as long as I show results, they're, they're more than happy to let me do what I do and, and grow their business. And it's really helped. I mean, we had somebody on Saturday, they flew in from Illinois to get a uh, TRD Pro and then they drove it back. Can you nice. imagine buying a car in Ill like it, from Illinois, you fly out here. Was it the green fly, one? Uh, it was a Lunar Rock, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I saw that in your video. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Beautiful spec. Yeah, we and then we had somebody from Wilmington come out. So that's a, a two to two and a half hour drive to do business because of the channel. And then we just shipped a car out to Utah because of our social media. Um, we work with all different states now and it's kind of evolving how we do business. I mean, just like the world is sort of changing how they do business. I can make it, and then I don't do sales, but I facilitate sales because a lot of people want to work with me specifically. And and, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know, it's, it's really cool. So I work out all the numbers and things like that. And then I work sort of side by side. I, I give the deal to one of my uh, coworkers who does sales. And then I make sure that the deal goes smoothly, but I mean, they're more than qualified. It's just sometimes people want to see me because they see me on YouTube and they, they want to meet me when, when they get in here. And I, I of course, you know, if, if you're, yeah. if you're so kind as to do something like that, why would I not meet you at the airport and pick you up and drive you there and talk to you? Or why would I not give you a tour of the right. dealership when you get here? I mean, it's who would want to talk to me, but because you put yourself on, on YouTube, people see you in a different way than if they were just your neighbor or, or a family member or something. It's, it's, it's a different feeling when they see you online. It's, it's a feeling of trust. And I mean, I'm, I don't change who I am. If you can probably see this after this hour is I, I, I'm the same way in my videos as I am in person. I just, I like talking to people and I, I enjoy hearing what people have to say. And it's, it's a people business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny that you, yeah. when I look at that now, I mean, I just think of me growing up watching car commercials and car dealership commercials for local car dealerships. There was always, you know, there was always a guy, you know, yeah. and we've kind of like, there's been this weird thing over, you know, just the way media's changed and now we have everything social media. And it's like, now I, it's, it's funny. Like I'm just thinking of it, but it's like, now you are, you've taken the next step further. It's not the commercials. It's not that, but it's the YouTube. It's the education behind it. It's the personality behind it. It's the brand experience as well. And like the, the interaction that people have with the brand is goes through you. And it's awesome to see that not only is it something that you enjoy and you love, but you also get to help out your team. You get to help yeah. out your dealership. You get to help out these people that are looking for a new car and a good experience. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty cool. And and what I do is uh, it, it wasn't meant to be any type of a Toyota representative or spokesperson or anything like that, but I've done so many videos out there and I've pushed myself so high up on Google that sometimes people have no choice to but to, to see the work I've done. And what's really cool about this is I have what's called evergreen content. And I'm sure you know about that is, okay, so a lot of the other people you've talked to, you know, they really hope that they get a lot of views up front and things like that. And if people catch onto the channel, you know, you hope that they'll watch the back videos. Well, for me, three years ago, I was reviewing the 2018 Camry and the 2018 Tacoma. Now, when somebody types into YouTube, because they're looking at a three-year-old used car, they're looking up 2018 Camrys and well, I still pop up. So for years and years and years, I have evergreen material and it's, I didn't plan it that way, but I mean, I have a constant library that will never grow old. The technology gets newer, but the, that technology is still in a five-year-old car. Yeah. So yeah. I will always I... be talking about things that people want and auto dealership or auto 
people looking for cars, they, I believe they go to YouTube first now for their research. And I believe I was in a meeting maybe six months ago or so. And they said that the average consumer researches online for, I believe it was somewhere between 13 and 16 hours when, wow. from the time they decide they want to buy a car, maybe even a little bit before to when they actually buy it and a little bit after yeah. that's a lot of research they do. So, I mean, if I can help them, I imagine I can help somebody in Kentucky buy a car. Yeah. Who would have ever thought of that? You know, and, and such a great brand for Toyota. Um, you have so many people that love Toyotas. I mean, 20 years from now, they're going to say, Oh, I just found this. I just found this old 20 year old 2018 TRD. And they're going to have the videos to go look at it and do the research and take a look at all the stats. So yeah, that's that, that will last forever. I know just like from a brand perspective, you have people that love them. You know, if you're into old BMWs or Audis, like you're always going to research those old cars um, and you're going to be looking for more and more content um, to the point where you, they might start even making their own content if they're not getting what they're, they're seeing already. So that, that's awesome. That, that's a great point. And speaking yeah. of old Toyotas, the, so two videos that you have are over a million views, which is funny because the video of you uh, interviewing someone with a 1.2 mile Tacoma or 1.2 million mile Tacoma has less views on it than it has miles. Um, But not by much, not by much, not by much. Um, Yeah. So one point, I think he had like 1.6 million. He had 1.2 million miles on his truck. I, I sold him that truck. It's a four cylinder blue access cab. He delivers, um, uh, testing materials for cancer patients and he has very very tight deadlines and he does probably more well he does at least a hundred thousand miles per year mike neal great guy but yeah. what's interesting about him is he has a truck that has it and we're going to be doing a follow-up because he's approaching that next milestone of 1.5 million Holy miles cow. which will be oh i can't wait to do that when i keep bugging him i'm like when can we do a follow-up people want to know and they really do because if you read the comments on those videos like whatever happened to that what's going on we want an update so i keep bugging him and i i think we're going to do it soon but but yeah he's got a truck that that keeps on going but he 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 has a human story because he's such a nice humble caring man he actually cares about the patients that he's delivering this material to and as a matter of fact he he had an engine it just needed a part to the engine that needed to be fixed and i don't know engines very well but not, it didn't need to be completely replaced. Well, he knew that he would be out of work and then he wouldn't be able to deliver the tests and he was worried about the patients. So he just said, go, go put a whole nother engine in. Well, that kind of wrecked the 1.2 million mile one because it was changed at 880,000 miles. Well, his, his replacement has, it's going on, I think 700,000 miles on it too. So, I mean, that's Toyota tough, you know? Yeah. But anyway, on the back of it, he wrote, every time he would change 5,000 miles, he would change the sticker that he had applied um, it, it sounds kind of funny, but it reminds me of letters that you would cut out if you're a kidnapper and you'd post it on a list. <laughs> he wrote one a ransom letter. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like <laughs> 625,000 miles. And, uh, and it's just amazing. And, and he, he'll, he'll get the joke when I say that, cause he knows I mean it with love, but that, um, and now he's written, uh, this has 1.4 million miles. That's longer than three trips to the moon. And he writes out on the back of his truck just what the equivalent is if you were to walk from here to uh, to Canada and back. Let's say so many times. I, I forget what we'll get pictures of it. So I mean, can you imagine? Some people put bumper stickers on the car. This guy advertises for Toyota. Yeah. And how many people see it in a hundred thousand miles per year? What a walking, driving, talking advertisement that is. So, I mean, 
get this man a truck, Toyota. I mean, that's, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> well, that would be my lifelong ambition, ambition is to get Mike Neal a new truck from Toyota just because of his story. And what, what kind of person would advertise their car company in such dramatic fashion? It's, it's, I'm sure he sold so many Toyotas because of it. The guy, who, the guy, who, the guy who had the Tundra, there was a, a million-mile Tundra. Toyota, yeah, Toyota bought it from him. They did. So shame on them for not doing it for Mike, because Mike's doing <laughs> an arc. That guy was just he. He was an awesome dude. He was just a truck driver, so he needed a one-ton truck to pull a trailer. He was just a trailer driver. This guy's delivering freaking testing for cancer patients. Toyota, if you're listening, first off, I'm a big fan. Second off, uh, man, this is the this is the dude to bring on and put a commercial in the Super Bowl about because he's a good guy. And watch that Gotta video get that truck. because. Uh, you you do a great job in that video because you know you're usually the star of yours but i think one thing that's different is you really are asking him a ton of questions he's the interviewee you're bringing him to life and he's the the star of that video and i love that about it so that one it hit a million views was that your first of two to hit a million yeah that was the first one to do it and it was uh it, it was I guess I knew it was coming and, and, and just like any videos, it comes in waves and all of a sudden it would, it would take a big spike and I think, wow, where did that come from? So I'd look at my analytics and I'd see, oh, wow, it's being posted on Reddit a lot, you know, or huh. something like this. And, oh, it's on so-and-so. And, and you could see that certain, it, it just picks up steam and then it goes back down. I thought, oh boy, it's going to, it's going to hit a million. And then it, and then it goes down, it stuck at 980,000. I was like, is this thing ever going to get to a million? Then And then what it did, you know, it had been a couple of years. Uh, I was like, wow, this is really exciting. I mean, it was such a great feeling. Like who would have ever thought that I would have a video that was a million. I'm so grateful for that. And somehow like it, it was just, it, it was, I, I knew that I had to focus not, I'm not on myself. I mean, it, the, the vehicle's the star and Mike's, Mike Neal is the star. I, I really have nothing to do with it except for facilitate his story and um toyota today mag national magazine picked up his uh his story um and uh, i did a follow-up video on that one um that one got less views but um i'm going to be writing a torque news story coming up probably i'm sure within a month i think he'll get there he said he'll get there in about two to three weeks but there'll be a follow-up and i'll make i'll be sure because i want you guys to see that advertising message that he posts on the back of his truck it's I, I yeah. mean, who would do that? Who would represent, you know, he, he's advertising a manufacturer. Like, people just don't think that way. It's a pretty cool yeah. testament. But, like, yeah. that is, JP said it at the uh, earlier. It was like, you know, people love Toyota. People love the brand behind certain cars. And Toyota has a large following. Um, so, I mean, talking about publications, you've not only been publicized because of that, but you've been in a lot of publications and not only in publications in the public world like Toyota Today or Automotive News, Edmunds, which is a huge one um, sure. in, in the car magazines, but you also had a friend who was at a Nissan dealership and they went to their conference and you saw they said that they saw your picture up on a slide saying this is the ideal way to promote your, your dealership. So tell us a little bit about that 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 is absolutely true that's uh I, I i thought maybe somebody was pulling my leg but no that that is true my um uh andy little who's um he's the vice president of sales for all of the company dealerships and he was um working with the nissan dealership and he said you know i just got back from a nissan corporate marketing meeting and they list three 
three dealerships that you should pattern yourself after the top three social media dealerships in the entire nation. Uh, my dealership was one of those and they mentioned my, my work with my channel and my dealership as well. And they said, this is the top in the entire nation. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I work with a lot of colleagues and things like that. So we do a lot of collaborations, but yeah, of course I'm proud of that. And I thought, well, was that really true? Or was he just trying to stroke my ego? You know, that kind of thing. But it wasn't because my friend Erica, just a, a, in the last month, I believe, she also was a sales manager at Nissan. She said, you'll never believe this. I just had a meeting with Nissan Corporate Marketing and they talked about you <laughs> in their presentation. I was like, oh, it's true. You know, <laughs> I can't believe this. So yeah, two totally different people in my life told the same story. It's that's it's awesome. A, it's an amazing feeling, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I, I'm doing some good things out there. And uh, it, it's hard, you know, when I when I talk to you guys, it's just conversational. It's kind of hard to, you know, say nice things about yourself. Like, yeah, but I mean, it feels good. It, it does. It's. It, I mean, there's some milestones to your channel that you should not like that are nothing to laugh about. Right. Like, obviously, at the beginning of any channel and I think this goes back to a little bit of the sentiment that we were talking about was like, you know, any person starting anything new is going to put themselves outside of their comfort zone. And, you know, the, the people laughing at you from inside the dealership are now definitely not laughing at you because, you know, you put yourself out there, you were doing something that you loved, and, yeah, you might have only gotten 24 views or 100 views or 50 views on a video, but it you have 29 million views on your YouTube channel. And for size comparison, that is more than most video – some of the c channels that we've – interviewed on this that have 500 or 600,000 subscribers. So you have a, a lot of views and it's because of who you are and the sentiment of like, you've done this for a long time. You have a lot of videos, 808, 832 videos. It's pretty cool to see such a successful channel. And so I, before we go to subscriber questions, JP, do you have any other questions? No, I don't think at the moment. It's awesome to hear the story. I mean, that's that's why we do this. That's why we do the Origins podcast because you look at a YouTube like yours and that number 29 million views is incredible. That over that amount of, you know, 800 plus videos, it just shows that you put in the work and you love what you do and um, you believed in yourself from day one and it paid off. And I think it's just awesome. So it's great to hear that full story. Love it. I appreciate that. And, and you know, as, as any good person on YouTube should do, I, I do look at the analytics and things like that. And I'm I'm so excited to say that I, I now get a million views per month on my channel. Oh, wow. wow. And so, I mean, Congrats. You know, it, I, and I, I hope it continues, you know, and if it just goes status quo, I, I'll just keep producing content that people like. And once they stop liking my channel, then, you know, you've always got to evolve. My, my channel has constantly involved or evolved over time. I have to mix things up and change the content and provide variety for people. So that's why I like to mix in occasional bachelor themed uh, presentations because I, I want to keep it interesting for people. I'd, I'd like them to stay around. I, I like the people who follow my channel. I have gotten to know quite a few of them and I recognize their names and their comments and uh, they're some of my favorites. So I, I really do. I, I'm, I'm just so grateful for the people that follow my channel. Like again, who, who would follow me? So I, I'm just so blessed. I do on both of our channels. So I, I'm excited. Well. And I'm excited. I'm very, very, very excited for, I know uh, those listening, you're going to get this on Wednesday, but Tuesday, uh, he's releasing another article about the Forerunner, and I can't wait to read it. Um, 
because I am ready for 6th gen. Um, but, so, you know what? We're going to start with the 6th gen question. Actually, it has nothing to do with the 6th gen, um, but it has to do with the Forerunner, so we'll, we'll ask that question. Um, now, what do I, do I get penalized or like a cream pie in the face if I don't know the answer to these questions? <laughs> um, yes. Yes, it's yes, a yes you do. Digital cream pie. That would be a great video be... for you guys, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll be, you will be socially ridiculed <laughs> on the internet. Um, already happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the negative of it, but it's really, you have I'll a great ask, I'll ask you a question really quick. What's yeah. your favorite car right now from Toyota? Uh, favorite car from Toyota right now... I, I just bought a car, the Return of the Venza. It just came back in 2021. It's all hybrid, so it gets 39 miles a gallon. The seats are incredibly comfortable. It's more luxury. It's almost Lexus-like, but it's not the cost of uh, yeah. our sister company. It, it's a great vehicle. I've loved it. I've had it since December. I haven't driven it that much because luckily Toyota sends me test cars uh, for a week at a time. So I've had several where I review them and I write stories and make videos about them. That's awesome. Um, but but I'm really enjoying the Venza a lot. I love the Rav4 Prime, which is partially plug-in. It's yeah. it's fantastic, 302 horsepower, and it's the second fastest Toyota that Toyota makes right now. With who would have thought a Rav4 would be the second fastest Toyota behind a Supra? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought the Supra. I thought the Supra 2.0 was the second fastest, according to your Supra video, where you also did wind sprints in that video. Oh, yeah. That did happen. That did happen. You did your own zero to sixty in that video. I mean, why? If a car can do a zero to sixty, why can't I test mine? Yeah, but, that's uh, right. But you're you're technically correct. The super brand, the the super three point Yes, that one gets uh, three point yeah. nine seconds. Uh, super two point is five point zero seconds, which is a great value. And then uh, five point seven seconds for Rav Four Prime. You're exactly right. Boom. There we go. Okay. Cool. Great. Can I, can I safely say and still be a little bit right that it's the Supras? And then you're right. But you're yeah. right. Actually, well, well, it should be the third. I got technical on you. All right, Dang it. Dang it. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll into questions here. I'm gonna butcher, and I apologize in advance. I say this every week. Apologize in advance if I say your name incorrectly. It's not because I don't like you. It's just because I don't know how to say it, or I'm saying it wrong. If you don't like them, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna say Kasun Megapola. So he had a question. He actually messaged the question to us. He said, "Does the Forerunner get Fox suspension and TRD Pro wheels in the U.S.?" Or are they installed uh, in Japan, he asked. Uh, the, the wheels and tires on those, um, those are added at Japan. If it's, a special, if it's special wheels that they put on um, in addition to that, like um, a lot of times a car will come in with uh, the, black, the matte black and red TRD wheels yep. and tires. But what's, let's say somebody wants a, um, we'll call it a Southeast Toyota does an XP package, which is an appearance package, but they'll, they'll beef up the tires. That could happen at the regional assembly point. In Southeast Toyota, that's Jacksonville, but it could be at, in the Denver region. It could be somewhere else. You know, It could be in Boulder or something like that, or it could be in San Francisco, or it could be in uh, Montana or uh, Louisiana. You know, Each region has a different port, and they put on things like running boards and mud guards and body side moldings and the wheels for sure. Interesting, because he asked about the ports, and I, I had no idea that that happened. I, I just assumed that the car arrives at the dealership fully built, and, and it came from wherever factory it was in. Yeah, if you look at a car window sticker, it'll say standard equipment. That means what's put on at the factory and Forerunner is manufactured in Japan. Perhaps not for long, but yes. I, I didn't say that. I did not say that. Uh, 
and then it'll say um, port installed, and that'll be something like running boards or wheels, uh, extra wheels, and then uh, anything that the dealership itself puts on will be on a different part of it. So there are a few different places where you can add those accessories after. Um, I think your wife asked a question. I'm not going to ask it, though. We can ask it after this. Um, you know, it's about you being cute. Uh, <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. That's so nice. <laughs> um, so uh, this so rich, yeah, so rich zero five zero eight. She asked, uh, "What's your favorite guilty pleasure music?" Favorite guilty pleasure music. I um, I have a playlist. Uh, I, I like yacht rock. So imagine you're on a beach and it's music smooth as Michael McDonald's beard. You know. Um, I've got a music playlist every Sunday morning. I play it on uh, my uh, Amazon. I'll say play Sunday morning playlist. So it could be Christopher Cross. It could be Ride Like the Wind, you know, or it could be uh, Michael McDonald or it could be America. Uh, it'll absolutely be Neil Diamond for sure. Neil, I, I, I truly believe that everything inspirational in life leads back to Neil Diamond. Uh, <laughs> He, he really has something to say about anything that you've ever encountered in your life. And if you ever need somebody to pick you up, it's Neil. I don't, that, that is, and you also have a Neil Diamond parody on your channel, which is fantastically uh, hilarious. It's, it is gold. I mean, I love that one. So are you going to share that, play, are you going to make that playlist public? Um, I, I don't know why I couldn't do that. Sure. Yes. Yeah, okay. Send it to I me. I think the people would love it. Yeah. Send it I to me. I'll put it in the, the show notes. The flyer, actually. And, um, uh, and, um, I added a Carly Simon song. So, I mean, anything that's, I, I, I like, I like the older I get, I like more like softer, uh, just almost like emotional songs that make you feel good. And, and I, I play that every Sunday morning. That's why I call it Sunday morning playlist. Like it's not because I, that sounded funny. I play it Sunday mornings. So, I mean, that's how yeah. it started. But it makes you feel good. Yeah. No, that's, well, that's send me a link to the playlist and I'll put it in the show notes. Because, I, I, you know, maybe I'll start listening to it on Sunday mornings. Maybe definitely oh, this Sunday. Cool. So, um, Tatia00001 asked If you had to choose one car for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> Tough question. Uh, I guess if we're going to stick with Toyota, I'd, I'd one for the rest of my life, it would be a Toyota because 80% of all Toyotas manufactured in the last 20 years are still successfully driven on the road. So, I mean, they, that's why people buy Toyotas is because they stay, um, they stay running, they're dependable, trustworthy. I'm going to say Highlander because it's a smooth, quiet, comfortable family ride. It's got three rows of seats and it's what I, I between that and the CN, I call it the ultimate family road trip vehicle. I mean, there are some that are probably better for road trips, but I would take that one. It, it's so freaking smooth. It's yeah. great. My mom yeah. just got a Highlander. I love it. But My, my wife has on. a Highlander. We, Se- we both got 2021s, his and hers. So. The Sequoia, come on, man. You can fit a full-size stroller in the back of the Sequoia and still have three people in it, which you can't do in the Highlander. Oh, so right, my friend. Yeah. So it, right, is, man. it is, it is, it is, it's the, it's the, the o- that is true. <laughs> it is, it is the only negative of the Highlander that I can find in it. Everything else is just, it's just beautifully made. It's so comfortable. It drives like, it drives better than a, like an S, uh, a sedan. It is yeah. more comfortable than a sedan to drive. Well, the Highlander originally, like, I, I guess 10 years ago, it rode on the same platform as a Camry. So it was like the car that drives like an SUV. So you're yeah. right. 
Yeah, I guess that that is the and and you said you don't know the details of the cards, but you definitely do. I'm not reading off of cue cards. Yeah, I've got a teleprompter that's just. We definitely did not message him any of the messages. We actually talked about (laughs) it this afternoon. It's just like, oh, he was saying that. So. Yeah. um, So I'm going to just say Dwayne dot B Watts. The answer to your question is Jeff really that goofy and zany outside of his videos. He is 100% the guy that you see in the videos. I can testify to that there. Um, the uh, and then Lion NR. Uh, I think we answered the port question, so there's two of those questions right there. Um, and then so the uh, another question. I'm going to ask two more. TRD John. If you want to be, he put in quotations. Toyota Jeff of another car brand. What would it be? And you can't use Lexus is his uh, terminology. Oh. oh, I know TRD John. Actually, he has a great YouTube channel. Uh, uh, he, he reviews uh, the performance side of Toyota. It's really a cool channel, especially on Instagram. And we do collaborations. We, we alternate on each other's channel. So um, what would I pick? Um, probably Ford. And the reason I say that is because I grew up in a Ford family. I grew up in a Chrysler GM family, too, in Michigan. Uh, my dad worked at Ford forever. And um, they're just really good cars. I like them a lot, and I've always been loyal to that brand, so I would probably stay true. They have really good truck line. One thing, one negative for them is they've abandoned their car line pretty much, other than like a Mustang, uh, as you know, JP. So, yep. um, so yeah, but I, I, I've always been loyal to them, so I could see uh, sticking with that brand as well. I like TRD John's. Uh, his channel is great. That's cool. I, I've got I've got another question too, and this is this is going to be you know when you talk about the performance side of things, this has got North America up in arms, the Yaris GR. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. what's the deal? We don't get it. No, no. People talk about that one in the Corolla Cross. They're like, when is it coming here? You know, and um, there's there's been rumors. There there have been rumors about it. Um, I I truly don't know anything. And the yeah, reason that's... why I don't is because Toyota is the most secretive company in the entire world. Like Fort Knox would be jealous of how secret and how close to the vest Toyota holds their information. That's why a lot of the stories I write is more speculation than anything, because there are no details on the 2022 Tundra and it's coming out next year. By the yeah. end of this year, we don't know one detail. We know nothing. All we know is rumors. We've seen some spy photos, but yeah. nothing is genius. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Talk about building up, without without doing anything, they're building up, um, you know, popularity and demand already. Until so it drops by them, it doesn't up. drop by anyone else. So and I, the four, four runners the same way. I can't wait. To, I'm I'm so freaking ready. I got no, I got nothing I know, to tell you. I've heard I that know. it's coming out for 22, 23, and 25 in the last month. Yep. So three different years I've heard. Well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting until it comes out to get the new one. I, I tell myself that, and I'm, I'm just so impatient, but we'll see. Um, so the there's two people who asked t- some really good questions, and I want to get both of them before we, we close this out. So I'm going to ask A. Hutton 5, most underrated features in a Toyota vehicle. Most underrated features... I like the dynamic radar cruise control in the Toyotas because if you know how to drive it and you have faith that the system's really going to work, it it actually allows you to not have to worry about turning cruise on and turning cruise off. It if if you're going, let me do it this way. If if you're going behind this car and you're going 77 and this car's going 71, 
Well, as soon as it gets up to a certain range, it backs you off. So now you're both going 71. And then based on whether you're a conservative driver, an average driver, or more of a tailgater, we'll call it, then you can set that distance so you get comfortable. And then when you go to a free lane, then it goes back up to 77 and it does it really smoothly. It works. It, it's a system and, and, and I hope all salespeople know how to tell customers how that works because it's a really good system that Toyota uses. And you, you do have to, once you buy the car, you do have to get used to it because you do have to have some faith that it really will slow you down. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times it, it's hard to take the control out of your hands because you've been driving that way your whole life. So yeah. how do you let the car back you up, you know? And, yeah. It, it, and, we, really, and we can go watch and we can go to your channel and watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Just type in radar cruise control. I'm sure you'll find a demo. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. We can also, Excellent. we can also throw, throw a link in there. Let me put a radar note here. Um, so the final question that I'll ask, and then JP has two things to close this out. One question and then another new item, which I, you, you probably know what both of those are. Um, the Union Pacific, uh, they asked three great questions, but I'm only going to ask one. Oh, three-parter. Oh, yeah, man. I'm, it's tough because I really like all of these questions, too. Um, By the way, do you have a chili dog on your hat? So it, Yeah, so it is. Um, it is uh, my local home team. We're the farm team for the Phillies. And uh, the MLB had uh, National Food Week for the the teams and uh we are the iron pigs i think they're on here somewhere on the side um but we were the uh philadelphia cheesesteaks for our food everyone else is like carrots and celery and like weird healthy things but we decided to be the uh cheesesteaks we also have a hat with bacon on it which i have upstairs so i love minor league baseball it's oh, great it's it started starting with the names and then the whole ambiance but yeah anyway allentown iron pigs it's right here like maybe 15 maybe 10, 10 minutes from my house uh, you can go to the stadium for free every game if you sit on the grass in the in the outfield. And it is like, why not? I can't wait to do that with my son and get him a matching hat. Um, but this is a gift Speaking for my Speaking of sister. attire, is that a, a Cobra Kai shirt we're yeah. seeing there? Love yeah. it. Start yeah, there it is. Like hard, no mercy. Great show. I mean, we got to talk <laughs> no. about it if you're wearing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a great catch, JP. Um, all right. So Union Pacific... I'm really struggling here, um, and I hope you see that. Uh, it, if money and brand was not a factor, what vehicle are you driving away in? Um, I I got to test drive a um, it, as my as my fun car. We'll call it my weekend car. I got to drive a um, for for a week an LC five hundred Lexus. Uh, it's a hundred and ten thousand dollar vehicle. And it is so fast and so smooth, I just absolutely fell in love with that car. But I wouldn't—that wouldn't be my daily driver. Like I need something that has a back seat. Yeah. Uh, maybe something I—I I would love a Forerunner TRD Pro or even a TRD Offroad. For me, they're—they're uh, they're totally fun. I mean, we—we we don't go to the mountains as much as we should, but I think in a vehicle like that, we'd find a reason to go to the beach and go to the mountains more, and do hiking and things like yeah. that. It's just—it caters for the things that my wife and I would like to do more of. So. I got a I have a TRD off-road premium forerunner yeah, and uh, I'm so excited in June I'm taking it on my first off-road trail with uh, 
Drew and a couple other friends, and we're going to take it. He is a Jeep Wrangler, so we're going to do a oh. Wrangler versus uh, Forerunner. Just personal thing. Um, but, no, it'll be oh. fun. I'm excited. He also – You know, we, so uh, if we didn't get to your question, I'm sorry. There was over 60 questions um, that were ants asked today. Uh, so we really appreciate everyone for listening to this point. Um, so JP has the final two things that we're going to throw down right now. Yeah. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to start our little outro. And what we're going to do is we're going to both crack open our nice little beverage here. Um, and when we crack that open and we're going to start to chug, um, tell us, Jeff, what you have going on, what's coming up, where they can subscribe, and anything else you'd like to tell us within that time frame. That's so when we're ready, we'll crack it. We'll get started. You start telling us what you got going on. Cheers. Hey everyone, please, for the latest in Toyota how-to videos, if you want to see a Shaka Khan parody, if you want to hear about Prince singing while I'm reviewing a Highlander, go to Toyota Jeff YouTube channel. I'm on TikTok at Toyota Jeff 2. I'm on Instagram at Toyota Jeff 1. All those numbers, can you believe it? ToyotaJeff.com is where you can email me. You can ask questions. Just become part of the forum. Become part of the group. And I would love to get to 100,000 subscribers before the end of October. So help me with that. And I wish you guys had taken longer to drink. <laughs> Sorry. No, um, you did. The, that was the best. And, uh, yeah, let's get you to 100,000 subscribers. Um, and that was on uh, – that was just out of the blue. We didn't even give you a warning on that one. So um, with that being said, everything is in the show notes below. So all of those things he said as well as his merch is in the show notes. So check that out. Buy a T-shirt. All the kind of good stuff that he has. You can get yourself maybe a glow-in-the-dark uh, glow sign or uh, LED sign, Toyota Jeff. Um, the final question I want to ask you before we sign off, and, I'm, and this is much longer than I told you it was going to be, what are you watching today on YouTube? Um, I like to watch a combination of kind of videos that I would like to do for myself. I, I sort of project onto them. I love the daily dropout. I like I like videos that do um, that do pranks and kind of surprise bystanders in a nice family friendly way. Um, I like TRD John. Uh, a couple uh, people that talk about how to grow your YouTube channel. Um, Gillian Perkins and Catherine Manning. They're fantastic. If you want to know how to grow your channel from start or to evolve from what you're doing right now. Um, they're fantastic. Another person who helps businesses grow is Amanda Horvath. They're, they're just, they're, they're names that you might not necessarily know as far as, but if you want to grow your channel, they might be people that you would want to watch. They're fantastic. Uh, and of course I, I certainly watch Mr. Beast. I watch Scotty Kilmer. Yeah. Um, a lot of people said, Jeff, you remind me of Scotty Kilmer. Oh my God. Is that Scotty <laughs> Kilmer son? Well, guess what? I had to type in who is Scotty Kilmer. He's like, Hey, would you believe that? Start rev up your Toyotas. I'm like, Oh, I'm like him. Like he's, he's out there. You know, he's, He's the brilliant marketer. If you want to know who's the best marketer in the whole world, it's that gentleman right there. He's He's been a mechanic forever, and he's just gruff and in your face. And he, he's one of the top auto channels now anywhere. Like, he's on all of yeah. YouTube, actually. He's, he's a genius. And you'll never get to figure him out because he's his own person. The minute you try to figure him out, you're like, I don't understand what his channel's about, but yet you watch it and you love it. Man, I, it's wild on YouTube because I'm sure he has maybe millions of subscribers. I've yeah. never heard of him. 
Yeah. Is I've it, watched them a lot. Crazy? Yeah. Like, like if you're into gaming or uh, or young adult uh, females giving makeup tips, like, oh, I follow so and so. Like, I'm sorry, who? But she has six hundred thousand subscribers. Like, I, I don't know. Or what about yeah. gaming? You don't follow that? He has two million people following his mind, watching him do digging on Minecraft. Like. I don't know. I'm sorry. I watch Alex on autos and Doug DeMuro too. So I, I kind of have an eclectic and, and then sometimes yeah. I'll find something. It, if it's something that'll entertain me and help me kind of just not think about things, sort of like a mindless movie. I, I just, I, I'll watch those forever. If it's a feel good, um, my guilty pleasure is um, when military people surprise their kids or their spouses after coming back. I love it. Yeah. Or when dogs see their owners after like nine <laughs> months away from the military. <laughs> yeah. I will watch those videos. I'll watch flash mobs of people proposing to people. I, I have very unusual taste, but I, I just like feel good stories. You know, I like people doing amazing things. The world's too crazy. I, I just like people being happy. Same. So, I think you got a, happy. I think you got a heart of gold and it, and it shows and it's, Seriously. You're all, you've always wanted to help people. And I think that's what makes you successful. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah well, Hey helps. Jeff, I appreciate, I appreciate the time. This has been awesome. And uh, speaking of proposals, that's a picture of me proposing to my wife right there. Yeah, oh, I see. Easter egg in the uh, in the beauty of my, <laughs> my channel. Easter egg, I love it. I have um, a couple. There's a couple of great ones back there. So um, they'll come out as the channel grows. But thank you so much for your time tonight. This has been amazing. I was uh, I thought I came into this with an idea, and J JP and I reviewed notes and thought we were going to go certain places. And honestly, there's like five or six things that that we talked about in our pre-call we didn't even cover. So there's merit to another one in maybe maybe october might be a little close but you know i think you're really going to hit in august is the is the time frame of a hundred thousand in my mind but uh well, but yeah we're that would be cool we're excited and let's check in again um you know two, i'm gonna throw two out there 250 or if the forerunner comes out in 2022 then i guess i'm gonna have to get it and i guess we're gonna have to drive down and check in then I, I would love to uh, to hang out and meet you and stuff like that. If not, I can help guide you. I I don't need somebody to come in and buy from me as long as I can help them buy a I'd, car. That, I'd love to drive. I'd love to come to the Taj Mahal of dealerships. So I'm excited to come. I think if you're looking for a Toyota, I, I don't I don't doubt it. Yeah. Toyota Jeff's your guy. Yeah, agreed. Thanks so much. Thank you guys. I I didn't know how much fun this was going to be, but I really appreciate you guys. You're you're really great. Thanks. So thanks. This has been awesome. So everyone, again, again, uh, show notes below or in the YouTube description. Everything about him will be there. And he's going to send us, um, as well as the Radar video, and he's going to send us a Sunday morning playlist. So check it out. And you don't have to listen to it on Sundays, but it definitely makes the Sunday better. It's better on Sundays. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> right. Thanks. Awesome. Hey, guys. It's Mike. Thanks so much for listening today. We had so much fun recording this podcast, and we can't wait for the next episode. Check out our Instagram channel to find out who the next guest is going to be and submit your questions so you can get featured on the show. While you're at it, why not subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch some of the podcasts that we have available. Thanks so much, and we can't wait for the next episode.